You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. We're going live. All right. Well, it's not really live. I see. I keep saying live, but the fact of the matter is this is pre-recorded material. That's how good it is. We had to record it before we even said it. <laughs> Welcome back to You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And I almost freaked out the other day because I was listening to um, the previous episode, which was, are we on episode eight right now? We are. Man, we this are. is crazy. Um, episode seven, I think I was talking about something and I just lost my train of thought. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because Rochelle's lighting things on fire. I am. Sorry. She's lighting candles. So I guess that's okay inspirational what the hell was i gonna say you freaked out because i always freak out i don't know what the hell i was gonna i'm blake and i'm rochelle and i'm autistic and i'm not and i freaked out because oh something about the intro oh i thought that i didn't say the uh, i'm autistic and you said i'm not Uh uh-huh so i was like oh no did we lose our cool thing and i went back and listened we did we totally nailed it we're good yeah okay so there we go we're back on track now yeah, routines are ritualistic. They create comfort. We're good at it. Yes, they're very important. So something that's important I, as I listen to the episodes is we need to be close to the microphone. There's a lot I of times when we're that, talking yeah. and then we're like, hey, and we're back and we're really loud. <laughs> I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah. So make sure that you are touching the microphone with I your lips. I will sit up straight. Yes. yes. I have to bend over like an ogre. You do. That rhymed. <laughs> bend over like an ogre. You do. Um, let me make sure my phone volume is off. Okay. You know, oh, that was the other thing is uh, make sure that you are following us on the fucking Facebook group, fellow followers. <laughs> uh, we have 88 members. We lost a member. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know we what We had happened. 89. Someone left. Someone was like, you do sound autistic. <laughs> <laughs> And they bounced. They did. It's really sad, too. I don't know who, but... Yeah. Uh, but we do also do have some new listeners in the last couple of weeks. Do we? Some new members in the welcome. last couple of weeks. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the welcome to the world of autism. I really try... And neurobiodiversity, when I s- as Rochelle calls it. It is. Neurobiodiversity. And I, I saw that we had some new members in the Facebook group, and I went to, you know, do that really cool admin thing where you're like, hey, welcome. And Buy our shit. No. <laughs> but my son uh, won't let me use. Uh-oh, here she goes, blaming the two and a half year old. <laughs> Let's hear. How okay, does he control true, you? He he likes to snuggle and he wants control of my right arm and he wants to nuzzle himself in between my right arm and my rib cage. And so he will literally take my arm and push it down on the bed and into the pillow and be like, "Mine, mom, my arm." And I'm like, "Okay, I think it's mine." But as a result, I can't use two hands to operate my phone so anytime i'm texting or messaging or even trying to reply you know and sound like half decent human i'm doing it all with my left hand and it's super awkward because he has this um propensity to kick like he loves to just put his feet in the air and kick and he's constantly kicking the phone out of my hands so three different nights i went to welcome our new members to the facebook group and he kicked the phone out of my karate kitted That's funny. Karate kitted. I did. I got totally karate kitted. And I was like... Or is it karate kited? What does that mean? I'm just trying to think of what the plural of karate kids would be. I don't I'm not know. I'm saying you got karate kitted. 
Yeah. There's two D's in there. There D's. is two D's. Well, anyway. yeah. So I, got, so I I gave up at that point because I thought he was going to break one of my fingers. So welcome, anyways, our new uh, Facebook members. That's a long way to go. <laughs> and don't forget to share the show if you want to hear us shoot the shit. But also be really raw and transparent about Really living. raw. I am completely nude <laughs> right now. You're not. I am nude. You're not. Well, you just... Nude um, to this you're nude. episode. <laughs> you're on a roll. I'm, I'm on a roll. Put me, Cover me in mustard. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Obviously, we're feeling a little bit better than last week. Trying to. A little bit more mental feeling energy. Feeling a little silly. That's okay. Yeah. You know, when you get cooped up. We're four up minutes for... in. Let's, let's do this thing. <laughs> let's get to an hour of, of deliciousness. That sounds awesome. You know, I started uh, my TikTok account this week because I was starting to collect some really cool videos of of him and, and, and him through this experience of, you know, being sick just ramped up his hyper, hyperactivity to a level I didn't know was possible. And so I was starting to collect these videos and of sensory playtime and, and posting them on TikTok. And it was just some of the things I captured, I was even shocked I got recorded because of the the phone actually stayed in my hands you know because he's so it's so easy to knock the phone out of my hands when he's doing all that massive jumping around but um I really as I was recording these things my, in my mind I'm thinking no one's gonna believe you're autistic kid nobody like the way that he can make eye contact when he's in a safe place and the amount of energy that he's using and all these things I'm like he just doesn't look autistic it just it just goes right along with our theme. Well, what does autism look like? Well, that's a big, it's a big. Call us now at 1-800-ARE-YOU-AUTISTIC. Do we have that phone number? We do not. Oh, we that would be not. cool. Yeah. So chime in on the Facebook group, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> you are feisty today. No, I am just kidding. You're all great. We we love you very much. We do. We, um, we need more listeners though, because we want to be able to do this for a living. We right now... It's hard to even do it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm actually no, actually I, I, I like, look forward to this on Sunday. No, I do too. It's good. It's fun. It's the one. It's the. It's this dangerous time where you're you're betting on whether or not we can get an hour of content out, whether it's good or not, while the baby's asleep. It's yeah, like, it's like a game show. It really is. Everyone gets to listen to. It's like it's like oh my gosh, he's, his eyes are closed. Come over. <laughs> um, and he hasn't been sleeping well. I mean, last night, I don't think he slept for more than two and a half hours it's in a row. When he comes over to my place, he sleeps like a, like what he, uh, he, he sleeps perfectly well. No, he, he, no, not here. I don't know what it is. What is it? Is, do you think he's afraid of me to the point where, cause like when I'll say like, okay, it's bedtime, there's not really an argument. Like I can usually tell like around the time uh-huh. and I, you know, if it's, if it's nine, nine o'clock or whatever, then I'm like, okay, it's bedtime. And then he just goes with it. Wow. He doesn't necessarily go right to sleep, but he'll go, he'll Yeah, and he'll his think PJs, about it and brush his teeth, all that stuff. You and you see now that's you get him into PJs. He will absolutely not wear PJs. Always, and he won't wear pants. Um, yeah, like he walks into Rochelle's place and he's just like, Choose pants and then and so he's just walking around his diaper and his shirt, like Yeah, he want that that's his request to take everything off. He walks in the front door, he wants his Shoes taken off, his socks taken Please off. Please pull off my pants. His pants, pants, mom, pants. Hope he's not like that when he's an adult. <laughs> Walking into a board meeting, going no pants. <laughs> yeah, is that a is that a diaper, Johnson? <laughs> Depends. 
you are on a roll. Yeah. Someone's been taking his B vitamins. <laughs> That's right. I've been getting lots of riboflavin. <laughs> been eating all kinds of bananas and, and <laughs> staying away from dairy and stuff. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well, so it's interesting you talk about speech because now that we've been home for so long, um, his speech has always been very significantly delayed. And then all of a sudden, and I know part of it's developmentally and he's all been in school. All of a sudden. All of the sudden no. is also acceptable. Not in America. We've looked this it up. This is America, Jack. It says either or. No. That's only because so many people have said it wrong. You know, I don't know how to say it different. It's all of the sudden. That is how it's my brain process. all of a sudden. <laughs> we agree to disagree. No, we don't. We do. I don't agree <laughs> to disagree. I. I think they're both acceptable. I want to agree to to agree. I'm going to teach him to say all of the sudden. Well, I'm going to teach him not to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going with it. Book. <laughs> it's book. <laughs> I don't care how your mom says it. I don't say it weird. Book. Yeah, you sound like, uh, what is it? The giant, um, oh my God, what is that thing from Shrek 2? Mm-mm. No idea. Uh, we only got halfway through. Gingerbread it. man. Yeah, I don't know. When he's like, "Be good," and mm. he falls into the water. Never mind. I was thinking that was your. That's that's who your voice is in my when I make fun of you. Oh, that's the voice that I get. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you were telling me a story about your. Was I talking? Nieces. <laughs> daughter. Daughter. Yeah, my grand niece. Is that how it works? What? The relationship? It's great. So I was looking it up the other day. It's great niece or grand niece are interchangeable. But all of a sudden and all of a sudden aren't? No, because one's English and one's nonsense. <laughs> okay. All of us all of the sudden you agree with me? <laughs> no. All okay, of the so sudden. your grand niece um, who is a year younger than Declan. There's a difference because there's a difference between all of the and all of a. Okay. Because if you say I ate all of the house, uh-huh. that would, that would ind- indicate to me that you ate all of the house and that was the end of your house eating. <laughs> okay. And then if you say I ate all of a house, well, that could be the end of how many houses have you eaten? Okay, I'm lost. No? No. Oh, man, we'll have to cut this out. No, I think you're probably onto something. I just don't have the brain power to follow I'm it. I'm saying if you ate all of the hot dog. Uh-huh, then it's just the singular hot dog. But if you all ate all of a hot dog, uh-huh. well, you could eat a lot of parts of a hot dog. True. You see what I'm saying? Sure. It's very confusing. It needs to be more specific. As well. Oh, I see. This is a classic example of conceptual <sighs> thinking versus bottom-up logic Data point thinking. What she oh. means is face down, ass up logic. <laughs> I get it. Now. You and I have had this argument slash fight for I don't know how many fighting. years. About I'm not fighting. <laughs> about all of a sudden versus all of the sudden. And I finally well, get it. Let's talk to all of a teachers. It's not quite the same thing. It's, it's in context to a sudden moment change. I right. get it now. A sudden moment, not the sudden moment. Huh. Okay. Well, well, let's put a pin in this and come back. That's right. Let's put a pin in it 
and let's put some bacon next to it so we remember how delicious <laughs> it is and come back to it. I wish I could taste bacon. Me too. I had I did taste pepperoni, I think, today. Did you? I could taste the salt or the umami of it that's a that's a, an improvement yeah i still feel like i'm at about seven percent maybe the rest of this episode should be about food again because i'm still really wanting to eat yeah food. that's but i'm understanding that zinc plays a really powerful role in our ability to taste and smell food and so um there's a research study that's going on that that is evaluating if you're zinc deficient is that why um, you're more susceptible to lose your sense of taste and smell. So then the flip side is true. Like if you've lost your sense of taste and smell by taking zinc, um, will it help to, to reboost that? And, and the, the theories are yes. And so we're putting that to, to practice, but there's actually a zinc ox oxygen spray that I found, um, with one of the companies that I work with that is, um, formulated to help regain sense of taste and smell. And then I saw, some um, posts about Flonase, which I use because my allergies, you know, and how that potentially, or at least people thought it was contributing to a loss of sense of taste and smell. And um, just, you know, to wrap that up really quickly, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the outcome of it was, but they're linking more of that back to zinc than they are to necessarily Flonase. But at the same time, it's just showing which vitamins we're pretty deficient in overall so hopefully with a little bit more zinc we can start to taste some food again all right i'm gonna increase my zinc levels yes now so we've we've tackled all the b vitamins increase no no we're going to zinc yeah zinc 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 i zinc i this episode brought to you by the letter z (laughs) (coughs) i was drinking and vomiting (laughs) Thank you, vomiting, ah. for keeping Rochelle alive. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, don't choke to death, please. I have no idea what we were talking about now. We've gone in so many circles. I think I was trying to make um, a, a platform about speech. What did we put a pin in? Our all of a sudden conversation. Oh, let's put the pin back. Okay, yeah. never mind. Pin in. I know where it is. Okay. So you were telling me about your grandniece and how she's already tarting, starting to talk. Great niece. Great niece. I thought it was interchangeable. <laughs> it is. I was just <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> Which one are you choosing? I don't know. Whichever one it feels funnier in the moment. And I found myself actually listening to your story about how she's starting to create these two and three word sentences and feeling envious actually that yeah. that your niece has the ability to talk to her child and she's only two years old. You know, like that's that sounds like she's on a neurotypical developmental track, which is amazing because that's, you know, what you, that's, you hope to be able to to talk to your children. And I didn't feel like Declan and I could actually have conversations where it was reciprocal and we could go back and forth and there was comprehension followed by, you know, um, follow up sentences until literally this last 10 days. Right. Because of COVID. I think he just needed someone to talk to. I mean, even his speech therapist, um, we had an interesting session. Normally, I hate the speech sessions. They're horrible. It's just It just reveals his lack of executive function and then the planning and it's only 30 minutes and it's really str- and it's just constantly like, I feel like it's 30 minutes of how I'm a bad parent. But um, he doesn't really get a ton of speech out of it either. And it's because she's trying to set up all of these activities in order to generate you know labeling and commenting to pull speech out by by going through different things and I I actually started the session by saying 
we need to do this differently because he can't think and speak at the same time. Like he has to have a completely predictable activity in front of him in order to keep talking while he's doing it. So while she let me kind of take the lead the first 20 minutes and I could show her his speech improvements, which are dramatic in the last two weeks, she's like, wow, wow, that's great. And then she started directing him to try and count oranges. And as soon as it was unfamiliar and new, he stopped talking. And I said, do you see that? He just stopped talking. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, he can't think and speak at the same time. That's You keep trying to pull him into developmental things he's not ready for. Um, so it was really eye-opening. But, but being here and being home and being ho- totally predictable environment and just, you know, having each other to kind of work through these last couple of days with, he is talking up a storm. It's like he just needed someone to talk to. I feel like. I agree. Oh gosh, you're leaving me hanging. Well, I'm just what was he like with you? When uh, you've said it all, I haven't though. What was he like with you? A dream. A dream. What did he talk? He signs to me. Well, he does a few signs to me. Yeah, too. because I signed to him. But he signs and he'll say like the other day, yesterday. Um, I wasn't sure what his deal was, and he signed and he was like, "Food, food." Like, food, you idiot. <laughs> you know, food, moron. And I was like, thanks. And and that's and then so I went and I got him something to eat. And then he looks at the food that I get him and he's like, yeah, food. Like, duh. I wonder if we're confusing it. I don't know because there's times where he'll sign and say things and then I know very clearly, okay, he wants milk or he wants more or he wants food. Um, but I'm getting full sentences out of him. Like, he's actually now starting to give me requests like, um, get the food and then like food in the other room, you know, like I'm getting full conceptual thoughts now. I didn't used to get that. Yeah. I don't know if I get that, that as much, but I, I did, I do sit down with him. I try to anyway and sit down with him and do flashcards. Yeah. And you know, I put down three different cards. I say what the things are. So it's like flower, apple tree. And then I'm like, okay, where's the apple? Does he point to a banana? Um, no, because it's just, it's it's flower apple tree. Well, he calls bananas apples, like 100% of the time. Even when he's watching TV and there's a banana on the screen, he calls it an apple. Okay. Well, it's weird. That's not the, that's not what happens when, when we do flower. I was right. just wondering. He I was calls wondering. the apple an apple. Really? Yeah. I and wonder. he says apple. Huh. But we haven't done it with bananas. Maybe then we'll have to try that. Yeah. I wonder what he says when he looks at a banana so, to you. Because well, thanks for interrupting my story. Sorry. Because of your banana thing. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Well, you might as well take over the show. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I was just, I was going to forget it. I had to say it or I was going to forget it. You sound like me. Oh, you, uh, well, that's a relatable thing. I know. I get it. All right. So what's next on the agenda for this episode? Oh, no. Do we have nothing to talk about? Have you heard of hyperesthesia? I think I'm having it right now. Oh, no. Look it up. Hyperesthesia? Hyperesthesia. I was looking at this recently um, and interested to get your opinion on it. But hyperesthesia is um, <clears throat> there's a form that is pretty prevalent in autism called tactile hyperesthesia, and it's a condition defined by a heightened 
sensory experience in any of the five senses causing pain stimulation. You heard of this? I have not. Oh. Well. I'm looking it up right now. Hyperesthesia. Yes. And I see pictures of cats. Really? I see pictures of lots of cats. Oh, no. The sensory experience of autistic people is often spoken of in the autism community as either hypersensitivity or hyposensitivity to sensory input, which we also have referred to it, I think, in our episode two of uh, Happy Father's Day. We talked about this a lot. Which no one has listened to, by the way. Um, However, due to the similarity in the sensory experience of hyperesthesia and autism, there's an article that will determine the link um, and whether the person can have both. Get closer to the microphone. Sorry. Then I can't read. Um, there are different types. One is tactile, which is touch. The optic, which is sight. The auditory, which is sound. Um, gustatory, if I said that right, which is taste. And olfactory, which is smell. I like the new factory myself. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan of olfactory. No, not a fan of it. Well, I can't do it right now, so I guess it doesn't matter. Right. No sense of smell for you. No, but I did not realize that it could... Uh, I mean, I knew sensory sensitivity. We've talked about it a lot, being, you know, contributory to social anxiety and our, you know, our ability to enjoy anything such as even going out to a restaurant. But to take it one step further and say that it can actually stimulate pain was not something I was previously aware of. So I was just wondering, as I came across this article... Um, do you experience that? I mean, I know sometimes you're sensory avoidant because I know the sounds can cause you pain, like fireworks and some of the very loud banging he can do, but is auditory the only sense that can produce pain for you? I'm thinking. Because I know you really don't love uh, rain. I don't. I don't know if I would say it hurts. It just, I don't care for the feeling. Okay. It's a sensation I could do without. Okay. What a, and then cold when we when we were in Colorado and it was like 19 degrees or even 0 degrees, you seemed very desensitized to cold on your skin. Is that fair? Yep. Heat on the other hand, I don't do well with. Thank you for moving us to Georgia. Oh, well. My previous job did that, so. Let's go back. Let's go back to Colorado. <laughs> with the snow and the hail? Yes. I'll take it all. I uh, I have to have a garage. I I don't know my car that just hail well, scares we'll, me. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get a garage. We'll get two garages. There we go. One for you and one for your ego. <laughs> I don't have an ego. One for you and one for the end of your sentences. <laughs> You're gonna need a really big garage. <laughs> when I get sort through, I lose the end of my sentences. Yeah. That's funny. It's a okay, garage so, so filled with indexes. <laughs> So tell me, do we decimal system? Do any of these? I mean, sight, auditory, taste, because I can't say that word. Gustatory. Can we see it? Yeah, right there in the middle. Am I saying that right? Good enough. Okay. Does that cause pain? The, uh, the my taste. Sometimes I mean I guess they're talking. <clears throat> Let me see if the if it expands on taste. While you answer the question. I would say I don't think I've ever felt pain in my taste buds. Okay, but like eating something? Well, no, because you like super spicy foods. I wonder if that's indicative of like a desensitized. I don't know. I do like spicy foods. And could you taste spice through 
COVID? I could taste the heat. I mean, like you can sense the heat. Okay, from the nerve, but not necessarily yeah. the taste of it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. taste the sauce, like if I was eating a chicken wing or something. Gotcha. No, this doesn't go into detail on it. I have to research it further, but hmm, it doesn't really say. It just goes into types of therapies to help you. But uh, what about, so so temperature sensitivity on your skin didn't really seem to do anything. Um, but what about like visual? Are there any types of bright lights that can cause you pain or like, do you ever get headaches from bright lights? I mean, I can get uncomfortable when I'm under fluorescent lights for too long. Okay. I think everybody does though, don't they? Yeah, but more people, some people have the ability to tolerate it better. I, I, I don't, I can't tolerate fluorescent lights, um, personally, but, um, I do have some sensory challenges with lights in general. Like I don't have any of my overhead lights on ever in here. I have all these, I live by lamps. Live by lamps. I do. Shell's nickname. It's a softer experience because lights can be really super bright in my eyes and then I just, I can't see anything. It just hurts my eyes. That sounds like. Uh, like a company live by lamps the softer experience <laughs> you really are on a roll i like this you're very creative today am i yeah oh no, oh, no. i like it i like the side of you oh oh mm-hmm. shouldn't hey. have, shouldn't have done those mushrooms oh <laughs> <laughs> i've been reading about the psychedelic diet and i thought why not go nuts on the show <laughs> have you seen that no, what is this? There's some thing on Facebook that's going around. It's like next to the phone calls I get every other day about my car's uh, warranty. extended warranty. Yeah, I get these these uh, Facebook ads for for like advanced psychedelic therapy. Really? Yeah, I don't Didn't get. You those. hear about that? The chick from um, what was that show? Flipper Flop. The Christine. Christina. Yeah. What about? Yeah, it? she 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 licked like a psychedelic frog or something. Okay. And was talking about that and how it like changed her life. Really? And her views and stuff or something. I don't I know. did not know about that. Yeah. I don't know why I brought that up. But. Oh, mm-hmm. because I was pretending that I was doing psychedelic mushrooms. That's why. Oh, gotcha. Um, Which I've never done and will never do, by the way. Yeah, I would imagine that to be a lot. So. <clears throat> what? forgot where we were oh we were just talking about psychedelics and the th- that isn't is that no i mean I'm, I'm asking is that a legitimate therapy you think i i mean i don't know because because you're you are affecting a different part of your brain in theory they also say that all the drugs even recreational ones out there work because we already have the brain receptors for those chemicals and those just like with you know like with people that are addicted to cigarettes like nicotinic receptors yeah it's it's similar it's like it's in no but i'm saying it's it's you know those are then heroin receptors all that stuff you know i that the the reason that those things affect us is because we have receptors in our bodies that are waiting Right. For those types of things. Even though I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not condoning no, no, no. drug use at all. No, but I mean, just like we, we just were talking about with hyperesthesia, actually, as I kind of am able to hold both thoughts in my head, which is incredibly difficult these days <clears throat> still. But I mean, when I'm hearing you talk about receptors and I'm kind of putting it in perspective with the pain receptors we were just talking about, what we've, 
identified it and many, many people who who um, work to illuminate neurobiodiversity and autism and ADHD even, um, they often come back to this parallel between the sensitivity of things and the receptors of things. And so, you know, oftentimes because neurobiodiversity is... I believe, um, functioning from a place of fight or flight a little bit more often, then what we see is oversensitive receptors or undersensitive receptors, as well as over and undersensitive nerves, which create these proprioceptive sensitivities. You following me? So it's like, no, <laughs> I lost you. Um, I think it's really common that there are brain receptors that are underfunctioning as well as ones that are overfunctioning and that kind of creates that spectrum, right? Right. Just like the nerves, which are our, um, like our ears and our eyes, the auditory nerve, the optic nerve, um, there's a lot of nerve endings in our fingertips and our toes and in our skin and everything, and that helps to relate the, um, the tactile information you know, from our extremities to our spinal nerves, which then makes it up to our brain so we can perceive what we're touching. And then there's proprioceptive um, information in our joints, which create that sense of where we are in time and space, which is why he's always slamming his body into walls or like knocking the tent down, you know, because he wants to fall and create that sense of gravity. That's all proprioceptive feedback. So when we start to look at where the sensitivities are, are or the pain points are, it can kind of be boiled down to over or under functioning brain receptors and over or un under functioning um, nerves. And when you look at it from that perspective, it's really, <clears throat> it does create this spectrum of experience. We have this expectation that these nerves and these receptors are all going to function in one specific way and when they kind of start going off on this very customized um, experience then you know things we take for granted like a hot day in Georgia or a cold day in Colorado can start to or feel the really end of a thought <laughs> can start to feel really differently um and at the same time, be difficult to communicate because I think we all just believe that the way we perceive the world is the way everyone else perceives it. And unless you and I were so vocal about like you'd go out in 19 degree weather with no coat on and be like, this is nothing. Like, what are you guys? You know, we're freezing, absolutely freezing. Unless you have those open conversations, you don't you don't know to compare sensory experiences. Right. True. I mean, we're even talking about it with Declan, how um, here he doesn't want to wear pants. It's a little bit warmer in my apartment than it is in yours. We have, you know, I'm on the second floor and we've got this heat. You do have a pantsless apartment appeal. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. My, my, my apartment is pants only zone. <laughs> it's boys place. That's right. And I just find it fascinating as it kind of piece all this together and I listen to your experience. I, I love listening to your experiences because um, it always expands my mind and expands my awareness because I, I really do just, you know, like everyone think that what I experience is what everyone experiences. And, uh, and that's not the You're case. wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's not the, but even, even then I'm very empathetic 
and not everyone is. So when I walk into a room and I can feel other people's emotions and then I've spent my whole life thinking that that was true for other people and I would expect other people to be able to feel my emotions and all of a sudden I'm, I'm realizing like, oh, that's not true either. There are people who really don't and, there, and then there are others who can feel other people's emotions but can't express it, you know, and so there's challenges there too. And I, so I think as we continue down this path of illuminating neurobiodiversity, one of the most important things we can continue to stress is open communication because the ability to compare and contrast each other's experiences is where the illumination happens. I like clothed. <laughs> clothed communication. Clothed. I Okay, I do too. I'm dressed. That's my way of telling Declan to put some pants on. <laughs> no pants, clothed Dad. Clothed communication. No pants, Dad. All right, well, I guess I can't argue with that. Can't. So... Um, anyways, back to speech. I was really excited to hear that uh, your great niece is speaking. My grandniece. Because <laughs> doesn't she turn soo? <laughs> doesn't she turn soo? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still. She turns too soon, right? She turns too, too, too soon. Oh, well, there. <laughs> and like in a month or two. She turns two in two months or so. No, actually, no. She turns two next month. Well, it's still August, right? Yeah. So, but not for I mean, a couple days. So next. I thought she was October. Is it? Is it September? I thought it was September. Oh, I don't know. He's eleven, seventeen, eighteen. Uh huh. She's nine, eighteen, nineteen. Oh, there you go. Two month, two weeks. No, three weeks. Okay. From today. Math. Yeah. (laughs) Numbers. Nine, eighteen, nineteen. That's how I remember that stuff. Hey, that's pretty impressive. I hadn't put that to memory 11, yet. That's 17, cool. 18, 9, 18, 19. Okay, so no, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear about that she's speaking because um, it's been such a point of like waiting for him to be able to speak to me. And then and then he learned my name in the middle of COVID. So now it's mom, mom. And I was like, oh, oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah. It's really different. He's been saying dad for months, but. Yeah, but he says dad to everybody. Okay, well, that's true. He points at a trash can. He's like, dad. <laughs> he points at me dad and i'm like yeah he does he says goodbye to daycare and he's like bye dad <laughs> it's like his phrase for everything yeah, anytime he says goodbye it's always bye dad yeah to anyone yeah yeah i get that it's lovely well anyways um next topic i don't have anything i uh have had some experiences i'm back to work only two days but while i was gone um it's been really interesting because we have a young woman who has started to work with us and um, we're pretty certain that she may have some neurobiodiverse traits that she even she may not be aware of. And it's really got me thinking about um, social masking and some of these programs that, you know, you run in social situations. And, um, and the reason I'm thinking about it is because some of the social reactions that are coming in the day-to-day of working with this, um, she's a really sweet lady. They seem kind of on, like, on, how do I say it? Like, they seem kind of habitual, almost like you're not even, like, she's not even thinking about when she just responds in a certain way, and it's always exactly the same response. And recently, while I've been home with Declan, and he's just been, you know, throwing his body into me and kicking phones and everything like he's actually hurt me a few times and and I've learned to react and be like oh my god that hurts 
Is this woman hurting you, Rochelle? No, no, no. I'll get to the point. But okay. now what he's doing is he's running this program where he just stops and he goes, it's all right, it's all right. It's all right, it's all right. And he pats me on my chest. It's all right, it's all right. So he can identify that I'm hurt, but he thinks the way to respond is to say, it's all right, it's all right. And so he's just, I could now fake a cry and he'll do the exact same thing regardless of whether the situation warrants it. And so it, it's made me aware of the fact that um, this social masking is a predominant trait. And according to what I've been reading, more so in women, which is interesting to me because they, um, they're finding these social traits are more common. And as a result, women are being missed more in their autism um, diagnoses because they're so good at this social masking. And I thought we talked about it in an earlier episode, but I just wanted to talk about it with you because um, I don't have any direct experience with that. And I know, you know, we've talked about masking before. What does that feel like when, I mean, are you aware of when you're masking? Not necessarily. I mean, I guess I am to a degree. Like I had that uh, job interview yeah. on Friday. Yeah. And like the whole time, I'm just like, look smart, sound smart, be smart. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> don't take your don't take your clothes off for any reason. <laughs> the job. It was D- this virtual. Don't fart. Do not fart. He said fart to me today. Did he? Yeah, because he did it. And you farted. Well, he did, and I so ah, I I commented and I labeled uh, is that and he said I farted and I was like oh. So he's starting to mirror, um, which is in speech, it's called parroting. He's parroting back words now. He's parroting farting. But it is the precursor to social masking be- and mirroring because you're copying what you see other people do. So so he must have seen you fart. <laughs> or you. Not me. <laughs> Women I don't, don't fart. I don't, no, I don't, no. I don't fart. <laughs> but then, so how did you feel like you were masking in your interview then? Like, were I thought you- I just explained it perfectly well. Well, I No. I got lost. Because I was saying I I know you were saying you like sound smart, look smart, but be but smart. That sounds like affirmations to kind of manage your your side of the social interaction. When but they ask me it's like when they ask me a question, it's like have you ever done a, th- a play when you knew your lines so well that you'd be standing there in and then saying the lines and being like, I don't know what my lines are. But you're saying them like in your head. You're like, oh, crap, I don't know what to say. But you're saying everything perfectly well. They asked you this question? No, I'm I'm, I'm asking you. Oh. Have you ever been in a play? Uh-huh. Or, you know, you, you know like moment, even when yeah. you're a little kid, you have like lines in a little play. Uh-huh. And you, sometimes you'd say, like, I've had this happen where I've been in a show, been doing theater, in the middle of live theater, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I don't know my lines, but I'm saying them out loud. And then someone like someone else would cue my next line and then I would just start talking and I'm like, I guess that's my line. Wow. Okay. So, and so that's my point is that when I was talking to the lady, uh-huh. that's how it felt. It felt like one of those performances where oh, like you're talking and you're like, okay, I'm saying things. Uh-huh. They sound, they sound like what I should be saying, but uh-huh. I have no idea what I'm saying. Huh? So it's like listening to yourself talk. Which is a whole skill on in and of itself. Um, uh, well, I don't know if it's a skill. It's terrifying because no, it's I'm self- hearing at the same time that you're hearing it. <clears throat> That's true. 
But listen, okay, so now you've said a couple of things all at once, so... Um, yeah, that's right. Now, how do you like it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to start, actually. Good. Um, so, where do I start teasing that apart? So, first of all, I would say that... Start at the balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> let, me, let me find those. Um, there is something called uh, mental rehearsing. And it's a neuroscience concept that they have proven through research and studies that the more you mentally rehearse anything, whether it's your lines for a play or, you know, the procedure for a surgery or whatever it is, you mentally rehearse, even feeling anxious and your response to a predator can be mentally rehearsed. And so you mentally rehearse something enough. Our brains are computers that read data they don't necessarily put things into perspective. And so the more you mentally rehearse something, your brain thinks you're experiencing it the same way that you would be just running it through your brain. So you can mentally rehearse something so many times that it becomes wired in your subconscious and your subconscious can like hit the button on the program and play it like a song. And your conscious mind doesn't even have to be involved in it at that point. So when I first heard your explanation of the experience, that's what it reminded me of is that you do know your answer so well because you know yourself so well that you could answer her from almost a subconscious program, you know, to represent yourself while your conscious mind is going, well, I don't have to actively participate in like answering this question because I know it so well, but you had enough mental capacity to audit the process and be aware of it which in and of itself is a completely separate skill and not one that's very easily acquired with neurobiodiversity so my second thought in listening to you describe that is good job for you I mean to learn to audit your own thoughts when so many of the processes um, can feel overwhelming from a sensory standpoint that's that's a huge accomplishment for you first of all because that means it now sets you up to the to be able to edit your thoughts, which is also very difficult, but not impossible. So um, it sounds like you are continuing to develop um, your neuroprogramming and reaching levels of contemplative thought that um, are more advanced than even just five years ago. I'm very advanced. You're very <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for noticing. That's, I mean, that's really cool to hear. I mean, I remember some job interviews you did earlier um, where you didn't have that experience. You were so anxious about what they were going to ask. It was almost like it was you were triggered in a fight-or-flight response that, that how were you possibly going to prepare yourself for anything that they could ask? And, and it was so triggering that it was difficult for you to be in the moment with the interviewer, and, and you didn't represent yourself as well. So did how calm ooh how calm did you feel? I was I was feeling very calm. Like Declan, I was wearing no pants. <laughs> That's how you do job interviews in twenty twenty one. That's right. In the virtual world. If she was like, Can you please stand up and take a bow to like I'd I'd rather sit down and give you a standing ovation. <laughs> you get it? Uh, no. You Wait, a standing that, Yeah, you never heard that joke before? Huh. Okay. It's from the movie The Producers. He's like, even though we're sitting down, we're giving you a standing ovation. It's a penis joke. 
Oh, I missed that. I thought of something completely different. That's why I laughed. And now I'd rather sit down and give you a standing ovation. See, I stole that from a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, I and missed it. It was perfect. <laughs> so I didn't get it. I don't understand. Sitting ovations, standing erections. See what I did there? I was too literal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very fun, huh? No, it sucked. Uh, sorry. I missed the concept. It's normally my realm. I totally missed it. I need um, more zinc. You you do need more <laughs> zinc. Yep. And riboflavin. <laughs> and riboflavin. Well, um, I'm excited for the results of your job interview. Regardless of how it works out, I'm just proud of you for... Well, the next steps are more job interviews. Like, basically, it's like, okay, you met with me. If that goes well, then you meet with these three other people separately. And if th that goes well, then you meet with my boss. Yeah. I mean, so there's a, a lot, lot of steps. Of but but overcoming... I mean, anxiety. We've talked briefly about anxiety Um but not a ton. We, we tend to focus more on autism and ADHD, but anxiety is definitely something that you confront on a regular basis, right? I do. So just the process of going out for a new job probably triggers that anxiety because it's the unknown. It's unfamiliar. And the minute you put your brain into a world that's unfamiliar, it can trigger anxiety because anxiety is a lot of fear of, of the future. So how did you manage that anxiety and bolster your self-confidence enough to even go after new jobs. Not everyone can. I did psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> There's the mushrooms. Yep. I thought you were going to say shiitake and I was like, oh, I know those. I but. eat some shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> no shiitake. Okay. So seriously though, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Those are a lot of big feelings. It's a large pickle. Big deal. <laughs> You are really on a roll. Why do you keep saying that? Because I'm on a roll. Because I, I don't know. I just don't remember this level of... Wi I guess I'm just thinking about last week. We were just so mentally tired. I thought it was hilarious last week. You were. You were. Didn't I make another pickle joke? I don't remember a pickle joke, but I, I mean, either. I didn't remember half my thoughts in the middle of it either. Remember? Gone for good. Yep, that's right. You did. You were terrible last episode. I, I realized there was no pins I could put in that stuff. It was just gone. Poof. Nope. Anxiety, though, we're talking about how you are overcoming your anxiety, which is a really big deal. That's right. Better than undercoming. <laughs> you got to overcome. You got to overcome it. Now, anxiety can be crippling. I don't think we talk enough about it. Um, I was reading an article this morning about dopamine addiction and how we have um, used screen time and video games to create this dopamine addiction that uh, right now can actually they they're starting to from a neuroscience perspective and maybe not starting maybe they've been doing it for a while we've just been ignoring it but they can link this dopamine addiction directly to increased anxiety and depression and i didn't know that so you're saying i'm watching too much tv and playing video games too much it i i'm just making the connection they did tell us when we got your big reveal report that you know you had to really limit your screen time and increase your exercise time because the one thing I keep coming back to with exercise is that it is one way to regulate all of your central nervous system. It's hard to get motivated to exercise when you're alone. Huh. What do you mean? Uh, being by myself. Okay. Without anybody. Oh. See, I would Alone. take that same experience as like when I could light candles and actually get into some of those routines. I think it's more difficult when you're not alone and you're chasing around a, a child every day and 
then you really can't. That's not quality exercise. It's just. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> now we can do that. Yeah. Because all of a sudden. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Here's that pin. She said it the right way though. <laughs> I did. Notice I didn't say she said it a right way. <laughs> okay. You know, you do correct me a lot. That's right. Well, someone's got to do it. Okay. Got to make sure we're on the right track. Well, thank you. On the same page, in the same ballpark. All right. All those things. Well, congratulations on your job interview. I'm excited to see how this progresses. And no matter what, um, put yourself out there. Conquered some anxiety. and uh, I did. And it's a big deal, right? Because... So is there more anxiety for you because you're you're interviewing in a field that you're really passionate about? I mean, like, if you, this is basically if it like... Would, let me just put it this way. If it were a job working at a pizzeria, I probably wouldn't have been sweating it. Okay, fair enough. Because it would have been more meaningless or less impactful or... More meaningless? You're right. That was you really You mean bad. less meaningful. <laughs> less meaningful, perhaps? Less meaningful, right. Yeah. Less of... But yeah, if it was like, hey, let's we're gonna get you, we're gonna you're gonna be the the big the head honcho of the pizzeria. Nothing to say there's anything wrong with working at a pizzeria because I worked at two pizzerias, um, but just not for me anymore. Right now, what is this? What was the position again? It's for a producer position. That's right. That's right. So in the I world, weird than putting out juju into the world. Yeah, law of attraction, though. What if what if my soon to be boss listens to this? But you have, I mean, you're speaking very positively about the experience. What about the job that I currently have? <laughs> <laughs> if it was more fulfilling and more in your direct line of passion, it would be where your current passions are. Okay, well said. Well, we've talked before about shared interest and how important it is to pair shared interest with your vocation in order to make sure that you're pursuing a life with... Um, fulfillment um temple grandin talks about it in that in the book we've been going through the unwritten rules of social relationships and how important it is to expose our children to a variety of experiences and that those experiences because of the way that bottom-up logic thinking is is constructed that that is what exposes them to new shared interests that can become you know a fulfilling vocation and she she even mentions that she um she tells the story about how she got into the cattle business and that she had an aunt with a farm and she didn't want to go and she was forced to go and then she discovered she actually really liked it, you know, and of course we know she went in and revolutionized parts of that industry. Um, and and you're embarking down a similar path by being able to combine your... I am. I bought an ant farm. You did. <laughs> you did. Yep. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That is nice. An ant farm. Okay. Did you name all the ants? I did. Oh, yeah. How'd you keep them straight? Put little pin... Like I didn't keep them. They're all lesbians. Oh. <laughs> they're, not what I meant. They're gay ants. <laughs> See, that's funny. Yeah. And I've laughed at it, and now I don't know where the rest of my thought was going. See, we have uh, Aunt Phil. <laughs> Okay. Uncle Bob. Okay. Uncle Gail. How many ants are in this farm? 17. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is the... Uh, it's like a coven of, <laughs> of witch ants. Because mm. you're guessing which ants are in there. <laughs> okay. I don't... Yeah, I take it back. That was a terrible joke. 
Uh, not even a joke. It's creative, though. Which ants? And it was tangential, which it is was. appropriate and yeah. very neurobiodiverse. Very much so. Yeah. But at the same time, it was funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Have we talked about anything on this episode? <laughs> I think so. Um, Sorry, have I talked about anything on this episode? You continue to tell me your experiences, which I appreciate. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. We were talking about exercise, and then... Yeah. I exercise my right to stop. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't want to exercise anymore. Yeah, it's tough. I, I'm personally not one with a ton of physical energy. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I get a little envious of, you know, even Declan, he's got so much physical energy that it's just about kind of steering him steering his body in the right direction and based on the power he has in, in his, in his legs, I just foresee this, you know, potential marriage between him and like a swimming pool and he could be a, an all-star swimmer or a gymnast or something. That's just that power in his legs, but the gymnast in the swimming pool, we have to or, figure out how to combine that. It's an either, or I could see him as a gymnast or I could see him as a powerful swimmer. I kind of like the idea of the water because I think that would be balancing for him, but He's a little too young to get him into either one of those activities. Um, hopefully we have that in his future, but I don't have that much physical energy. So when you talk about exercise, it's like, to me, that sounds like I need to drink coffee for that. I don't know if that's how you feel or because I thought you had a lot of physical energy. I used to. What changed? I, I don't like living in an apartment. Oh, I feel trapped. I thought you were going to say the medication changed it. Oh, maybe the medication too, but also the fact that I've been in an apartment. I just l- felt better living in a house. Okay. I like being able to go outside and mow the lawn, and do things outside, trim trees. Right. I do. Okay. So I do remember you saying that. And, you know, there's a sensory, in, excuse me, there's a sensory aspect to that because pushing the heavy lawn equipment around um, is helping your body downregulate actually and process a lot of that physical energy. And you used to do really well. I mean, there was that big, that big tree in front of that house that we were just in. And, um, there was no amount of trimming that was going to fix that thing, but it didn't stop you from trying. I trimmed the shit out of that tree. Yeah. And it looked so much better. I'd be interested. Not to see according what... to the chief. Oh, don't you remember? He was like, eh, look Oh at yeah. He's like, look at what a dump. He's super critical. He didn't see like, it before you got started. What about though? how before I didn't, you don't know what it looked like before I started working on it. He's like, I don't know, man, this place looks like a dump. Yeah. That was really, sh- it was really a shame because you'd put so much, he didn't see it before, but you always did come in calmer after those, you know, hours, those afternoons you'd spend doing all that heavy lifting and, you know, you working the shears and the trimmer and the lawnmower. That's right. I came back a different man. You did. Really sweaty, though. That's right. Different kind of heat, though, in Colorado, because it's drier. Dry heat. I don't mind it. Was it better for you than the humidity? Yes, I hate it here. Okay. Noted. I I miss Colorado. Noted. Because of the heat or because of In-N-Out? In-N-Out is just a bonus. We never actually got to experience In-N-Out in Colorado. Mm -mm. I know. That's a shame. So, But now it's just an added bonus for when we move back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just got to convince you. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my sensitivity to allergies right now are definitely got my attention. Right. So you weren't as bad with the allergies in Colorado. I wasn't. See? No, I wasn't. So many points for Colorado so far. Yeah. Well, in and out's a persuasive component. Food will do it, though. Emotional eating. We're back to emotional eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And if you hold on long enough, emotional shitting. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> Not with the typical digestive issues that come Everyone with. poops, Rochelle. Yes. Okay. Thanks for taking it there. <laughs> saying. Hey, that's what happens. What do you think that delicious cheeseburger turns into? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Turns la, la, into la, the la. old flush burger. I don't want to think about it. La, 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 la. You, I thought, I, you don't like flush burger? I thought that was pretty good. I don't. I'm very. I'm a very visual thinker. Um, I do think in concept. So in order to think conceptually. Think that last floater is a pickle or... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was discouraging Part of a you tomato. from this line of thought, and you're just going for it. Just going with poop jokes <laughs> to end the show. Yeah. Well, we typically need a little bit more uh, social interaction in a week, and we're still getting, still home recovering uh, a bit. We're back to work, but slowly um, from COVID. It's a long recovery, so <clears throat> obviously we'll continue to get back up on our feet, but appreciate the interactions on the Facebook page. If you haven't yet uh, joined the group, please do. And if you have joined the group, share the show. Or your experiences, because we learn from you also, and we know if you guys have got half as much going on in your homes as we do every day, which we believe you do, um, you got a lot of useful things to share also. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. And then for extra support, uh, RochelleChandler.com has a variety of... Um, content uh, options and even support sessions if neurobiodiversity is something you think you might have hiding in plain sight in your family and you want some one-on-one support um, to help illuminate that and to provide some context and understanding into what you or your family members are going through then uh, those sessions are available and for even more support i recommend ball huggers (laughs) okay circa the 1980s (laughs) didn't even know they made those or banana hammock there you go. Apple yeah. hammocks. Apple. No, it's a banana hammock. Okay. Who's got an apple hanging there? I, You know, a banana, apple. You better go see a doctor if you got an apple hammock. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yikes. Scary. Okay. That is the end of the episode. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And what do we normally go from here? You have some really cool custom music to play. Oh, uh, do I? Well, let's hear it. You always started off with some weird beat. That's how my brain works. Ba-dum-bum-bum. Bum.